You, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Well, we're missing that good-looking guy again. So, uh, but uh, he's he's pretty happy. Uh, he flew up there, and I think he hit like close to 600 miles an hour in his airplane. I told him that Friday night, and he was real happy with that. So uh, he landed, and usually when they're about to land, um, we used to could find out some things through somebody hit it. Yeah. Yeah, I rebuked. So, um, anyhow, so usually before they land, uh, Mike's got it in his phone because I like to know that they're there safe and sound. So he's just got one little button he can press on his phone and said landed, you know. So I know that they're on the ground safe and sound, you know. But even before that button pressed, you know, and told me Keith's on the phone with me telling me he landed, he said, and guess how fast we were going. So, you know, pretty special trip for them, I think. So, well, the reason that they can do that, in case you're wondering, well, how come sometimes they go faster than they do other times? Tailwinds. Tailwinds. So, you know, you want to make him happy, pray he has tailwinds. (laughs) Always tailwinds, never headwinds. So, if you run out of things to pray about, always pray. Tailwinds, never headwinds. You'll make him happy. Make your pastor very happy, you know. So, uh, if you know a trip's coming up, there you go. So, uh, anyway, so this morning we're going to pray and we'll ask God to help us with this morning's service. So, Father God, we do. We look to you this morning and we just ask you for your wisdom and your revelation and your enlightenment because with you we have all truth, we have all light, we have all revelation, and it's the truth that sets free, Father. Lies bind us, they keep us bound, they keep us hurting they keep us in things that we don't need father because you are the revelation and the truth and the light and we just ask you that you give us those things this morning so that we can walk in your truth father that you can help us to be free from all the things that the devil has bound us up with and we will walk with you in these things in jesus name amen Amen. so you can be seated now and we'll go right into the word And I want to see something before we do. How many of you were actually in first service? I am shocked that you stayed for second. (laughs) Give them a hand. Yes, yes, yes. Um, No, um, it was a little different. And I told them first service that I had another message. It was kind of on Thanksgiving and in different things because Thanksgiving is coming up and I was all ready for it. And it's so good to be ready ahead of time and, and be relaxed and be able to know what you're going to do. And it just seems like when you do that, God says, okay, that's great and good, but this is, do this one. So you get to get something else. So, um, and that's good too because you just get to study more and spend some more time in the Word. So, but... When I was getting ready for this, I realized how appropriate it was. I didn't realize it at the time, and then I realized, oh, Phil, duh, that's what Keith's been teaching on. I'm sharp and I'm quick, you know. (laughs) And so um, last night when I was talking to him, you know, um, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, uh, I always tell him ahead of time what I'm going to do, and then I tell him afterward in detail what I did because he wants to know. He wants me to tell him in great detail exactly what I shared about and he'll sit there and listen in great detail and I'll say, now what was yours about? One sentence. 
I say, what was the title? Uh, I don't remember. Ask him when you get the tape. Now tell me what you, you know, and I'll expound. And I'll say, just a minute, and I'll get my notes. And I'll go in detail about everything I shared. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's good. That's good. That's good. What did you share about? One sentence. Go figure. Is there a difference between men and women? I would say so. So anyway, so last night I told him part of what I was going to share today. He thought it was really good. So uh, if you don't like it, anyhow. So uh, no, what I, the title of the message this morning is called Disciples of Love. And uh, he's been teaching us on being disciples. And I think it's very, very important that we are disciples. You know, it's more to being a Christian than just putting a tag on your refrigerator or carrying a Bible around underneath your arm or, or you know, uh, being able to quote scripture to people or being able to uh, convince people that you see I'm a Christian or wearing, you know, a shirt that says I'm saved or putting a bumper sticker on your car or, you know, all the above, and most of the time, people that are trying to convince you all the time that they're a Christian, you ever seen some? Okay, so uh, by the time we're done with this, um, maybe you'll be able to see the difference between the two, you know. Because to say that, come on, Dan, to say that, that you're a Christian really... Um, we should find out who God says is a Christian could be different than who we say is a Christian or who you say is a Christian. Really, we should care about who God says is a Christian. Would his opinion matter about who he says is a Christian? I think that's the only opinion that matters. So if we label ourselves and say... Okay, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Does that necessarily make us a Christian? Five people up here said no. Okay, so, but we, we should find out. So that's what he's dealt with me about sharing about this morning. So um, before we get into it and stuff, uh, I'll tell you like Keith says, uh, if I paint your picture and it's in bright, vivid colors, in high definition, bright, vivid colors... You know, the new high-definition stuff, you know, a lot of uh, the movie stars are going all having facelifts now so because the lines are showing up and, you know, and all the stuff. You know, so the the new high-definition stuff this morning may paint your picture and it may show all the creases and all the lines. But, you know, if you'll just look straight forward and smile really big, nobody around you will know that it has anything to do with you. But if you get all tensed up and you make a sour face like this, they're going to know we're talking about you. So, you you know, you're better off going just like that. Nobody will know, you know. So um, just some advice. Take it or leave it, you know. Turn to John 13, 35. Because first, the reason I'm telling you that is because I've already had one service this morning. Remember that. And first service, I had some of them going... So, John 
John 13, 35. Now this, what color letters is it in your Bible? So if we want to know who Jesus says is his disciples, what should we look at? Who is talking here? Would Jesus know? Who should we listen to? Should we listen to? I mean, the disciples are great, themselves. But who would even trump the disciples? The red letters, right? Okay? So... In my Bible, this was in red letters. So if somebody comes up to you and tells you that they are a Christian, this should trump it, right? Okay. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. So say David comes up to me. And he says, I'm a disciple of the Lord, Mrs. Moore. And he tries for an hour to convince me, I'm a disciple. How will I know that that's true? By what the rest of this verse says. If he has love one to another... So if David tries to convince me for two hours that he's a disciple and I put him on a team and the first week he's on a team, he has a fight with somebody. Let's go on to the Amplified. We won't even go any further with that. By this... Shall all men know that you're my disciples? Now, that was in red letters. If you love one another and you keep on showing that love among yourselves. So he might be able to do it for a week. But what about the next week? Okay. So Bruce tries to convince me. For six weeks, he's a disciple. I'm a disciple. Mrs. Moore, I'm a disciple. I have this ministry. I'm a disciple. We do this. I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple. I can quote this whole book of the Bible. I'm a disciple. But he doesn't walk in love with David. I didn't say it. The New Living says, and it is in red letters, your love for one another, now this was in the church, but let me show you this one, for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So not only should we do it in here, 
Okay? Dan and Jim both do construction. Maybe they're out on a job somewhere. Maybe he has an idea that it needs to be done this way. Maybe he has an idea that it needs to be done that way. Maybe their opinions differ. Could happen. He might want to build the steps this way. He might want to do them this way. How are they going to prove to the world that they're his disciples? By having a big spat about it? And him throwing down his tools and walking out? Because he don't want to do it his way? Let's go on to Romans. Chapter 12. Look straight forward and smile real big. Say glory to God. I can take it. Because I walk in love. Romans 12. Verse 16. Be of the same mind. One toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend of men of, to men of low estate. In other words, don't put your people down below you. Down, like he wouldn't put Jim down because he didn't know what he was doing. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much that lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place not to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I'll repay, says the Lord. The NIV says, live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty or snobbish, high-minded, exclusive. Be ready to adjust yourself to people and things, and to give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of God. Huh? Huh? Put that back up there. In the NIV. Verse 17. Romans 12, 17. Be careful to do what is right in the sight of... Just God? Everyone. As much, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Beloved, always avenge yourself. (coughs) 
Always and never. Let's see. Is that the same thing? What's the difference between always and never? How often does never come up? When when would you do a never? When would when would never arise? Okay, put the King James back up there in verse 19. In case people are particular about what translation they read and they think I'm reading it wrong. Avenge. What? How often is that? Oh, there's that word again. Never. Yourself. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. First Timothy. Chapter 3. But before we read that, what I want to do this morning is help you to see what most people have done. What most people try to do. We deal with it on a daily basis. What Keith does is he comes in here oftentimes on Sunday morning and preaches to you the spiritual side of the Bible. Is that correct? And most people put it to practice in their lives thus and so. Well, I deal 99.9% of the time with the natural side of the Bible. I deal with the people that walk in the door that can't pay their bills. I deal with the people that walk in the door that are ready to get a divorce or are sitting across the church with their ex-wife or their ex-husband. Or I deal with the people that their kids have run away. Or I deal with the people that don't pay their bills here in town. Or I deal with the people that the police are coming to get. Or I deal with the people that the business calls up and says, do you know what your church people did? That's what I deal with. So I deal with the natural side of things every single day. And most people don't realize that God has got an enormous amount to say about our natural lives. So therefore, they try to separate their spiritual lives from their natural lives. And never should the twain mix. Oh, this, this is Sunday. We're spiritual today. This is Monday. We go to work. Or we do our natural lives. We don't mix the two. That's like oil and water. They don't mix. 
But let's see what God has to say about it and see if they are supposed to mix. Because, you know, our opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. It's just like what Jesus just said. Uh, your love for one another will prove to the world that we are his disciples. Now, let me see your hands. How many people in here claim to be his disciples? That's what I thought. Only about three-fourths, but that's good. It's a good start. We've gone too far into it for some people to admit that they're his disciples anymore. First Timothy 3. Verse 7. Don't get scared. Fear is not of God. Don't get scared. First Timothy 3, 7. Moreover, you must have a good report of them that are without, lest you fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. What does without mean? Well, let's just see it in the Amplified. What does the Amplified do? It amplifies it. Furthermore, you must have a good reputation. That means you. Say, that means me. I must have a good reputation and be well thought of by those outside the church. That means you, every person sitting in these chairs. So that means that today, when you walk outside the church, it matters what your reputation is. I told this first service, so I'll tell it again. The other day, it was my birthday. But then the day after that, I think, or the day, a couple of days after that was Kim's birthday and Mike's birthday. So we all got together and went to dinner. Well, they were closer to the place, so they decided they'd go ahead and get the table. And the people that were going to sit us at the table, they picked, they chose a table that was right at the bar. I mean, it wasn't in a bar. It was just a restaurant that had a bar. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay? But when we walked in the door, I saw the table. And immediately... I saw what could happen. There we could be, sitting at this table. And how many of you's phones in here now have a camera on it? Uh Uh-huh, 90% of you could walk through the door and see Keith and I sitting there and snap a picture with all these liquor bottles sitting right behind our head. And it could be on the front page of the newspaper sitting in a bar. Well, now that might not bother some people because they think there's nothing wrong with having a drink. But then some people might never listen to us again. Now, do I want to cause some people to fall? I don't want to cause anybody to fall. So does it matter 
what my reputation is. What about yours? What about that movie you went to see a few weeks ago? And they were all totally naked all over the screen. For three quarters of the movie. And then the next week, you saw that co-worker. And they were having severe marriage troubles. Or financial troubles. And you had to witness to them and preach to them. How strong do you think your witness was to them when they saw you in the same movie? Do you think your words had a strong effect as they would have had, had they not have seen you there? Does your reputation matter? Does it make a difference? Some people say, I don't really care what the world thinks. Doesn't make me any difference. But does that matter? What does God think? Turn to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 21. It says, Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord... Read this with me. But also in the sight of men. So does it matter what man thinks? The Amplified says, For we take thought beforehand and aim to be honest and absolutely above suspicion. So before you cheat on your taxes, what if... It's a person that watches on the internet and they saw you sitting right here and they might realize and put two and two together someday and wind up coming to church here and sitting right next to you. So we take thought beforehand and aim to be honest and absolutely above suspicion. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. The NIV says, we take pains to do what's right. Now, just like the other day that I was talking about in that restaurant, that table was ready. They had gotten there early. We had to wait on them to get another table ready for us. Because we were taking pains to make sure that we didn't cause anybody else to stumble because of us. Is that the way you think? That something you do might cause someone else to stumble? Is that love? Are you thinking about someone else and that they might stumble? When you do something, are you being a disciple? Does your witness matter? It should. You are representing 
God. You're representing someone greater than yourself. What's that song, Let Your Little Light Shine? It's shining, whether you know it or not. The New Living says, I might as well tell you this. I think it was Kim's favorite thing I told in the first service. So, don't get tense. I know sometimes we go into situations where there's people that I might feel a a little uptight. I don't really know them. I know you think I'm a very, very outgoing person. But if you were ever around me in certain situations, you would find out real quickly that I'm not. And so Keith will tell me, Phil, don't be concerned. Just smile and wave. You know that show, Madagascar, at the end, the penguins, the boat pulls up, and he just, he tells the other guys, just smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. Well, that's what a lot of you should be doing now, just smile and wave. Okay? Don't let it get to you. Right? Smile and wave. All right? New living. We're careful and honorable before the Lord. But we also want everyone else to see that we're honorable. Do you care that everybody else sees that you're honorable? The Weymouth says, For we seek not only God's approval of our integrity, But man's also. The message says, we're being as careful in our reputation with the public as our reputation with God. So what would love do? If you're concerned just as much about your reputation with the public as you are with God, what would it do? In every situation, would it put you first or would it put them first? Would it care about their stuff as much as your stuff? This morning when I was getting ready in the shower, I had this list and I was praying about the service. And the Lord said, you've got like levels there of things. And I thought, huh? There's a couple of different levels here and I want you to see if you can locate yourself in one of them. I'm going to give you a level and some people may not be in the first section that I read. See if you can find yourself by the time we're done in here this morning. Which level that you're on. If you've outgrown one, great. See if you come in the next level. means you're maturing as you go. I'm going to read off some things and see if you are doing any of these things presently. Now, this is where you're just going to have to smile and wave. Are you ready? Let's practice. Okay? Good. All right. Would you try and cheat somebody out of something? Would love do that? 
prove your love? Would you lie on your insurance and tell them a company raised the price to cover my deductible, your car insurance or your health insurance? Is that thinking of them or you? They say you can have one for free, but would you take two? Meals, tickets, whatever. They say the tickets are for you and a guest, but would you sneak them in and leave? Would you stick it in your pocket when nobody's looking? Would you take people's money and say, I'm an investor, I'll invest it for you and really spend it? Would you change paperwork in your favor and later when they question you, say, you should have read the fine print? Would you keep money when you know they'd made a mistake and say, they should have checked it. God's just blessing me. Would you take money that's not yours and say you're just borrowing it and you really are intending on paying it back when really you're stealing? Would you call in sick to work and make your co-workers do double duty when you're really not sick and you're putting your boss and the others behind? Is this proving your love to the world? Is this being a disciple of his love? Is this the time that you quote scripture to him and prove to him you're a Christian? Just because you can quote scripture don't make you a Christian. We read it. It was in red. It said, by this, all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one for the other. And you'll prove to the world that you're my disciples. By what? Only three people are what ready to even say it anymore. How will we prove to the world that we are his disciples? By our love. Not by us being able to quote scriptures or tell them what church we go to. Or speaking in tongues. Or not pay your bills. Because you know they'll eventually write it off and call it a blessing of God. Or don't work. So your spouse... And tell your spouse you don't have any money so you don't have to pay child support. Take stickers off of things that are more expensive and put lower priced ones on it to get the salesperson and the salesperson will end up getting in trouble and maybe fired because they sold it for the wrong price. Write hot checks and ask people to hold on to them for months because you don't have the money to pay it when you shouldn't have bought it to start. And then get mad when they cash them. We've had people quit the church over things like that. Because they can't face the people on the opposite sides. Not because of us. You'd be surprised at the reasons people quit church. It's not love. 
Get upset with people on teams. Get upset with, with money things. Get upset because they didn't do their business dealings right. They're quitting church over the things that we're talking about this morning. Dave and I deal with it every day because of some of these things. Gossiping and backbiting. Spend more than you have and play big shot. Then go home and not be able to pay your bills. Tell something false to make a sale. Misrepresent something. Is that love? Now who are we supposed to be walking out these doors and proving to the world? That we are. That we are disciples of His love. Would love do these things? Tell somebody that your child is eight when they're really twelve to save two dollars. Is that love? Do you care about their business? What if you have to witness to them? Say you're fifty-five when you're fifty for two dollars or a dollar or however much it is. Say you came up with an idea when really it was your co-workers to give them credit. Would you cheat, steal, lie? What would you do? Is these things really, are these things really love? Are they showing that you are a disciple of love to the world? Are you proving to the world when you do these things that you are his disciple? Can you really witness to that person immediately after you do these things? What if you do that thing and immediately that person you walk away and immediately that person, say, had a seizure or something and you had to begin to pray for him. How do you think your witness would be? Or they, you walked away and their child ran out in the street and you had to pray for their child. How would your witness be? Could you do it? The biggest problem that you would have at that point would be what? Condemnation on your part. You would have zero faith to believe God. Guilt and condemnation will destroy your faith. You will have no faith to go boldly to the throne of God. You can't. There's no way. Because your heart's condemning you. God's not condemning you, but your heart's condemning you. So you can't. So you walk in love, your heart can't condemn you. Now the second level of this, you say... I don't do any of those things. 
Okay, smile and wave. It's getting a little tense in here again. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. You say, I don't do any of those things. I don't cheat people out of anything. I don't lie to people. I wouldn't lie on my income taxes. I wouldn't do this and say I did this. and I don't do that stuff. Great. Maybe you've matured a little. Wonderful. But what if you're the one that it's been done to? What if, say Dr. Ray here, half of his patients don't pay their bills? Could that cause him to get bitter? What does he have to do now? Make a choice to walk in love. What if Dan builds a house, gets stuck with it because the person gets grumbly and gripey, refuses to pay for it after he's put all the money into it? What does he have a choice to do? What if your mother talked about you all the time, put you down, said you'd never make it? What choices do these people have on the flip side of the coin then? What if your spouse never gave you child support? You've got a flip side of the coin then. You want me to read you some of them again? What if you sell insurance and somebody's trying to cheat you all the time? What if you're the person that owns a business and somebody's always trying to get stuff for free from you? They want a discount all the time. You can get bitter about that. Can you get tired of that? You can really get tired of that, can't you? She's smiling. She's smiling, waving. That's what she's doing. Smiling and waving. Can you get tired of it, Dave? People asking you for just Can you get tired of people asking you for free stuff all the time? Tired of people wanting you to do stuff for free all the time? You can really get tired of it. How many people can really get tired of people asking you stuff for free all the time? Oh, you can get tired of it. You can. You can. You got a choice to make. You can get bitter, or you can pray for them and walk in love. Okay. Um, you can take somebody that's taking your money. I said 250000 this morning. Maybe they took a million dollars. Maybe they took 500000 Maybe they took 50000 of yours. Said they were going to invest it for you. And they stole it. Went and bought them a new car. Went and bought them a new house. Maybe it was your ex-husband. Maybe it was an investor. Maybe it was your kids. Maybe it was... Whoever it was, didn't do what they said they were going to do with your money. You have a choice now. Sue them. Stay bitter. Or sow it and expect lots in return. You have a choice then. Because you've got a long lifespan ahead of you to stay bitter over that little amount of money when God can give you millions in advance. You have a choice. 
You have to make choices in your life. Um, say you're the salesperson and people are constantly changing things and stickers and you're getting upset. Pray. Uh, people are always writing checks that are not good. You're having to deal with them. What do you do? Maybe somebody's constantly talking about you. Well, first thing I check up on is, am I talking about other people all the time? You get the picture. You have choices on both sides of this. So what do you do? Turn with me to Matthew. You know, some things are legal in the law's eyes, but that does not make them right in God's eyes. Some people have finagled and made it okay because the law said it was okay. Like the law says it's okay for two women to get married. But does that make it okay in God's eyes? Just because the law and our worldly systems have made things okay, when you stand before God, that's the only law that's going to matter. And just because the law says you don't have to take care of your kids, daddies, I got news for you. News flash. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I got a news flash for you, daddies. Those are still your kids. Mamas, those are still your kids. Just because the law says, well, how the law said I can't. There is such a thing called F-A-I-T-H. And it's time you get into it. Because when you stand before the throne of God, you're going to be responsible for those kids, what you did for them or what you didn't do for them. Enough said. Matthew 5. Verse 43. Dave's grinning from ear to ear because we deal with it every day. You should see his face. His bread is a firecracker and grinning from ear to ear if you could see a camera. Y'all, I'm telling you, what I'm dealing with this morning is stuff that we deal with every single day. And it's not against anybody. It's we want people helped. And if we don't have to deal with it one-on-one, it's sure a lot easier. These are answers to questions. These are answers why people can't pay their light bill. These are answers to why people are getting divorces. These are answers to why people are going down the tube. These are answers to why people have cancer. Healing is not spelt H-E-A-L-I-N-G all the time. It's spelled S-T-A-L-I-N-G sometimes. Because it's condemnation that eats people alive on the inside. 
And the devil don't want you to know this truth. He wants to keep you bound up so he can keep you sick and broken, poor all the miserable days of your life. And if he can get you to see light in here this morning and change a couple of things, then you won't be broken, sick, and poor all the blessed days of your life. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. And He wants us to have His very, very, very best. But He cannot override our will and what we step out these doors and do. You can hear the best sermons in the world. And step out these doors and go choose to do what you want to do. But you choose to represent the Lord the way you choose to represent Him. And most people only see God the way you represent Him. You've heard it all your life, but that's the way they see Him. Is the way you represent Him. And you can kid yourself to think that money is not a representation of God. It is one of the main representations of God. How you handle your money. And what you do with it. Is Donna Ashley in here this morning? Where's, ba- where's Bob? Is Donna? Stand up, Donna. I'm going to put her right on the spot. We first moved here seven years ago. We were very busy. All the staff wasn't here yet. Dave was the only help that I had at the time. I barely knew him at the time. And I was trying to get the church going, trying to get all the electricity turned on on the church, trying to get us a place to stay in this little rental house, trying to get everything going that I could get going and trying to do it all by myself at the time. And I don't know, I honest to goodness, Donna may remember better than me at this point in time, but I don't remember if I forgot or if the lady forgot or, or if what happened. I could not tell you. But somehow on this rental property that we had, It had not gotten changed over from the lady's name to my name at the uh, electric company. And Donna works at the electric company. I walked in to the electric company and Donna didn't say a word about who she was. Did you, Donna? She did not say a word about who she was. I walked in there and I apologized. I said, I am so sorry about this. Can we call this lady? Can we tell her that I'm sorry that I'm paying it now? Tell her whatever we need to do. I'm going to take care of it. I don't know how I missed this. I don't know how I got this way. I thought it got changed over. I am so sorry. Is that what happened? Tried my best. She didn't tell me till after it was all said and done who she was and that she was going to the church. Did you? No, ma'am, she says. Now, what if I had gone in there and pitched a fit and really, really showed out? And fleshed out and said, I did this. I know I did this. This is in my name. I took care of this. You can't do this. You can't. uh, And just really, really showed out. Now, Donna and Bob have been the greatest help we've had since we started this church. How many of you understand that? 
would it have affected our relationship? Would it have affected my witness with it? Bob, stand up. Would that have affected our relationship? Just Would Donna have gone home and told you, you think? Yeah. Do you all think it would have affected? I'm putting you on the spot. Do you think it would have affected our relationship a wee bit? And what, I, it, what I'm telling, is it a truth, Donna? It's a fact, correct? Thank you. Now that happened when we first got to town here. And I was stressed. Let me tell you, if I had reason... Was I stressed? I was stressed. If I had reason to be upset, you never have a right to lose your witness. Never. Have a right to lose your witness. It's the most valuable thing that you have. And besides that, I would not have been walking in love with Donna to do all the things that they need to do and all the witness that they've had over the years. What about all the word? I wouldn't have cared about her and Bob at all if I would have gone in there and done that. And all the years that they've been here and all the word that they've gotten and their son has gotten and all the things that's happened in their life for the last several years, would I have cared about them at all? I would have been very selfish to do that. Would that have been love? Would I have known my own future? Would I have been cutting off my own arm? And I would not have even known it. And that's what most people do when they don't walk in love. They're cutting off their own blessings... And their own assets. And they don't even know it. Rebuked. Somebody get him. No fear. Because Bob has been the one. Every service. To chart all the songs that you hear. Lead the band. Help with the music. From the first service. Did I know that? I didn't even know who she was. It would have taken me... 30 seconds of unbridled love to cut off my own blessings. Are you doing that without even knowing it? Let me read you a testimony that we got. I got it in first service. I remembered it. 
and I think it'll bless you. This woman wrote in. It was a testimony that we were supposed to give first service. She said, for the past several months, she'd been watching the program. And she said that 25 years ago, she had been married for eight years. And her husband abused her. Now, I don't know. Some people call abuse. I counseled with one lady, and she said her husband hit her. And I said, how did he hit you? And she said, with a pillow. (sighs) Then she told me all the things she had done. I thought, I might have hit you with three pillows. (laughs) But anyway. um, So anyway, here goes the story. Um, said her her husband abused her, but don't get me wrong, there's never an excuse for a husband to physically or a wife to physically abuse each other. And um, um, like Keith says, put you in a room with somebody bigger than you are and we'll see how you come out. Um, so this person was married for eight years. And she was believing for a house. But she didn't have anywhere close to money to buy a house. She was trying to go back to school and all sorts of stuff. But during this time, her dad got ill. And before he passed away, he told her, he said, um, I adored your ex-husband. That's pretty strong words. He said, and I'm asking you this on his deathbed. Would you please contact him and tell him? how much I adored him and try and work some things out. Well, she only did it based upon the fact that her dad asked her to do it on his deathbed. You see the scenario. So she worked this out. So she had to pray. She had to spend some, you know she did, before she called him. And she said, um, Her ex-husband was actually glad to hear from her. Change of situations. And he found out some things and asked her, did she want a house? She said, yeah. She'd been believing for one. He gave her, at her closing, paid for the inspection, and gave her a cashier's check for $310,000 to buy a house. Her sentence in here said, God promised us that if we'd love our enemies, he would bless us. Now let's read our scripture. Matthew 5, 43. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father in heaven. So how are you the children of your Father in heaven? Love. The New Living says... You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father 
in heaven. So how do we act? Now, what color is this in your Bible? So we have two major things telling us how to show that we are His disciples. Is it pulling our Bible out from underneath our arm and preaching to everybody that we meet? Is it trying to witness to everybody that we meet, come to church with us? Is it quoting scripture to everybody that we meet? How will people know? How will we prove to them? No matter what they do to us, we're always supposed to avenge ourselves. Three people still remember it. We're never to avenge ourselves. Y'all wouldn't believe the looks I'm getting. Some of the people are going like this. Some people are actually getting up and leaving. I'm serious. Smile and wave. Hey, this isn't for me. I already had to deal with it yesterday. I've had to hear it three times, four, five, six times now. I did. I had to deal with some things. If you're saying you don't have to deal with any of this stuff, we need to have a great big altar call right now. Because every person in this room fits into this someplace. So don't feel like, well, she's talking to me and and I'm going to get offended about it. No, this is part of growing up. We should really be thankful because God's giving us something to grow up with. I mean, we could take a bottle all of our lives and never grow up. But I don't like that. I like to grow up. I like to feed myself and clothe myself and dress myself and pick what restaurant I want to go to. And Don't you? Pick what car I like, what motorcycle, never a Harley, but <laughs> don't you like to pick what things you like? Well, that's part of growing up. That God would let you be able to have choices about some things and do some things because we're growing up. He must think that we are. Because a lot of you, you could tell, still didn't fit in that first category. We're on the second category. So those are good things. So we don't have to try to put people down that have abused us. Because it's like I said in the first service. If they're abusing you and they have stolen from you, and they have treated you badly, I got news for you. They got bigger problems than you. They're headed for a path straight for a bad place. And the greatest thing you could do, if you're truly a Christian and you truly love God, you would care about their soul. 
Instead of just pretending like you care about their soul, you would genuinely care about their soul. Because that's what true Christians do. You've got people that say, oh, let's take a mission trip. Let's take a mission trip and go on the mission field and get people saved. What about that person that stole that $500 from you? What about their soul? Does it matter more than that person on the mission field? But people get this glory-filled idea that one soul matters more than another soul. But it doesn't. They just glorify what ministry is. But if you can't witness to the person that just mistreated you, or your spouse or your kids, that's what's wrong with our kids today. You're telling them, live right, live right, live right. They see you change the stickers on the blouse. (laughs) Or change your income taxes. Or tell them to lie on the deductible on the insurance. Who are you kidding? Or call in sick for work when you're not sick. What kind of kids do you think you're going to raise? None of this do as I say and not as I do. We are disciples of the Lord's. And we can pretend that we're spiritual. And put on our spiritual clothes when we come to church. But guess what? You may fool some people, but Jesus is coming soon. And you ain't going to fool him. And you ain't going to fool God. And he sees what you're doing. It's like I tell the youth, and I'll tell it like I did in first service. When you do those things... Would you do them if God was standing or Jesus was standing right there next to you? They go, no, 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 I wouldn't get in the back seat of the car with a girl if God was standing there with, oh, I said, could you take her clothes off if, if Jesus was sitting right there next to you? Oh, no, 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 oh, that's gross, Mrs. Moore, no. Guess what? When you're looking at that porn on that computer, Jesus is right there looking with you. (laughs) They go, oh, gross. Guess what? When you cheat on that stuff and you lie and you steal and you have that affair and you flirt with that other man's wife, you try to steal that man's husband, that woman's husband, whatever, You got the picture. Made you laugh anyway. Any today you can't tell? (laughs) It's a fact. Is that love? Is that love? Is that what Jesus calls being a disciple? 
that what God calls being a disciple. We can lie to ourselves and pretend all we want to. But it's not. And it's not going to get us healed. And it's not going to pay our bills. And we can pretend why things are not working in our lives. I tell you what, and I've told you this before. We're blessed. This church is blessed. We're blessed. We're not in lack. Things happen for us. Good things happen. God is able to do things. But when we see we're doing something wrong, man, our nose is in the carpet. I, I don't want to embarrass Dave or Keith, but I know one night Keith said something to Dave. I mean, and most people would have thought, well, that wasn't even stretching it. That wasn't even, how do you think that that was? It was like, he called Dave before he even got home and said, Dave, that wasn't quite right. And corrected it. I misrepresented that just a little bit to you. I tainted that just a little bit. Why? What does it matter? Because we have to represent and prove our love to those outside, not just to ourselves. To every person on the outside. We can't just know it in our hearts. We can't just know, oh God, I love you, I love you, I love you, God. You're so wonderful, I love you, I read my Bible, I praise you. You're so good, thank you Lord for my new house and my new car and my new ring and my new clothes and my new this and my new that. I love you Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And go in the electric company and treat Donna like dirt. Doesn't work. Where's the love? This is how people will know that we are his disciples. We would not have one empty seat in this place. Both services. We'd have to go to four services. If every person in this room walked in love the way that they were supposed to. Including myself. If every person, every time an opportunity arose, walked in love the way that we were supposed to and represented the Lord the way that we were supposed to, there would be people stumbling over themselves to find out why. 
you wouldn't have to try to sell them the Lord. They would be asking you. Why are you so different? And you could tell them. God's a good God. We want our faith to work. We want our words to work. We want His blessings on our lives. This is how we're going to get them. By walking in love. Love never fails. It doesn't matter how bad the situation has been. It doesn't matter what people have done to you. It doesn't matter what you've done to people. Love will never fail. Go back, correct it, make it right like this woman did. Who knows, you might get a house out of the deal. For real, let's stand up.